Voluntary Input is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Never forced, never coerced. Welcome to Voluntary Input, Episode 3, Consider a Chromebook. My name is Leo Allen. You can find me on the internet at leojallenjr.com. And please, while you're there, uh, select the contact me link and shoot me an email with questions, comments, concerns, and even show ideas. Even though spring break is just around the corner, it still may be a good time to think about considering purchasing a Chromebook. Some of you may still need to get one for, let's say, one of your children, or you have a child or you're a student yourself who has a laptop, a regular Windows laptop that just isn't performing up to snuff and you're kind of thinking about getting a Chromebook. So what I want to do, first of all, is just talk about what is a Chromebook. Um, you may have heard a lot about them over the past couple of years as they're getting adopted more and more widely, especially in schools. Now, most importantly, um, one of the reasons why the schools, especially the school IT departments, love Chromebooks is because they are literally zero maintenance. There's no antivirus programs to put on them. Uh, there's no going through all kinds of crazy steps to lock them down. Because essentially what a Chromebook initially was intended to be was an entirely cloud-based computer. Now, if you don't still don't quite understand what the cloud is, just think of it as someone else's computer because that's essentially all it really is. Uh, if you have things like Google Drive, OneDrive from Microsoft, or even if you have uh, iCloud storage, you're, you're essentially putting all of your stuff on another computer, someone else's computer. So the idea behind the Chromebook was, hey, you're not going to be downloading all these applications and stuff and potentially downloading some uh, malicious software. This machine will exist and do all of its things in the cloud. Now, when they first launched, this was a great idea, in my opinion, because first of all, you don't have to, as I pointed out, download a bunch of stuff. If you want to do something, you're essentially just going to do it from either the Chrome web browser or you're going to work within uh, Google's version of Office like Google Docs and uh, Google Sheets and things like that. But this, of course, posed its own limitations because at the time, especially when they first launched, um, Docs and Sheets, they still weren't very robust. They basically weren't a good uh, Microsoft Office competitor. Now, over time, Google continues to expand their capabilities, but still there are some things about them that just aren't quite up to snuff, especially if you are or if you are a heavy Excel user, so such as like uh, if you do a lot of accounting work, uh, you're going to find that a lot of the um, equations and things that you're used to using in Excel don't quite work. So that's something you got to consider. Uh, Docs, which is basically the equivalent of Word, 
it's not as bad. Although an interesting thing that I've noticed about a Chromebook, um, I have a Pixelbook and you can now install um, Android apps themselves on the, the Pixelbook. The app version of Docs and Sheets, is, it, it's even worse than the online version. So if you do consider making this move, just remember that you may be better off using those applications through the Chrome web browser as opposed to the uh, natively installed app. Now there is a lot of good news here though. Uh, recently, uh, Google uh, expanded the capability of Chromebooks, starting with the Pixelbook, so that they can you can natively load Linux apps. Now you could do this on Chromebooks for some time, but it took a lot of legwork and a lot of technical know-how. However, uh, just recently they enabled it to where you can literally just go into settings and enable Linux. Now why this is important is because a lot of the apps, like I said, like uh, if you need things like Microsoft Office that are available in Linux are a lot better than what Google offers in Drive. So for example, if you enable that Linux capability on your Chromebook, and you need that office application one of the best applications that's an alternative in my opinion is LibreOffice. now again i always like to point to excel because to me i feel like excel is one of those portions in office that does a lot of heavy lifting and that tends to be a sticking point for a lot of people uh the uh the version in LibreOffice is almost spot on as far as capabilities and functions and equations it's it's literally in my opinion just as good if not better than excel itself and this is mainly because uh LibreOffice is what's known as open source software now basically that means the source code to the application is open so you have basically users just all over the world who are adding to it and making it you know what people actually need and want now i'm not knocking microsoft or any other company because to be honest i think microsoft does a great job uh listening to users and adding things that uh that they're asking for but there's just this thing about open source knowing that it's just users themselves adding to an app and and building onto it i don't know it's just just tugs at my heartstrings and plus it's free and you're you're allowed to donate and so even that i always like that about open source software too because it's not like i'm just running out and buying something i'm actually donating and uh you know uh helping somebody out who did something for free i know that's a little sappy but whatever <laughs> so the libra office version of that is called calc by the way and like i said it it, it even when you open it, it even kind of looks just like excel so you you know navigating around it it's it's very simple and easy and then their version of word is uh LibreOffice writer again has some just absolutely great features has a lot of the editing tools that word has and then of course uh you know i kind of overlooked like powerpoint um they LibreOffice ha also has impress and they also have uh LibreOffice base which is uh just basically like microsoft's database for uh uh, version in office so that's something to consider as well now an another thing about chromebooks that often you know they get criticized about is there really isn't anything to edit photos uh, 
of course there is Google Photos and so all of your pictures are there. You can do some photo editing in photos, but yeah, it's not anything near what, uh, let's say a professional photographer would want to use. And again, the good news is if you get a Chromebook that allows you to uh, natively install Linux apps, there is an app called GIMP that's a uh, well-known photo editing application within the Linux community. GIMP has all those Photoshop tools in it, you know, from brushes to text and, uh, you know, all the different textures and layers. Now, I can't really get into a lot of that because, again, I'm not a photographer, but I do know, I know people who use it and love it and actually love it better than uh, they love Photoshop. So there is that. And then, of course, another one of the most attractive things about Chromebooks is the price. So as of right now, you can still get plenty of really high quality Chromebooks for under $300. So, for example, uh, there's the Acer Chromebook R11, which has, you know, that one constantly gets a lot of rave reviews. Uh, there's a Chromebook by Lenovo called the uh, the Yoga C630. Uh, HP has a Chromebook. Uh, there's the Toshiba. There's Dell has a Chromebook. Asus, uh, Samsung, which uh, I gave my daughter a Samsung Pro, which was originally my Chromebook that I loved before I got the Pixelbook, and she needed one for school, so I just gave her that one. So again, if you're if you're still kind of on the fence about these things. Just go out there and just search for Chromebooks and you'll see, uh, especially if you're like, I think if you stay in that $300 range, you're going to do really good. You start going below that. Yeah, there's still there's going to be some performance issues because there are slow Chromebooks out there. And the higher up you go, that's when you start getting into Chromebooks that have uh, more RAM, more storage, and uh, they have better graphics processing capabilities for those of you who want to be able to you know, play games on them. And then plus, let's not forget that yesterday, um, Google launched their, well, not yesterday, a couple days ago, they launched their Stadia online streaming game service. Well, they didn't launch it, but they announced it. And uh, the big thing there is you can play these hot new game titles online without, now they're, they're, they're claiming no latency. You know, it's really just gonna depend on your internet connection. But if you have a great connection and whatnot, you can play these these games that don't rely on processing power on your actual unit. And you don't have to have a game console like a PlayStation or an Xbox. You can play it all from your Chromebook, which is absolutely just awesome in itself if this works out, uh, you know, as Google is planning. So again, if you're looking for a new laptop or if you have a, child or a college student or if you are a student yourself and you're looking for an alternative to like a Windows laptop or an alternative to a Mac because yes uh, Macs are great you know I'm not gonna knock Apple they make great hardware the problem is they're often priced way out of the affordability of most folks and if you're on a tight budget I'm always gonna tell a student especially a college student look into a Chromebook first especially nowadays in this day and age where a lot of classes can be done online you really don't need um, a you know a Windows laptop computer because you're not really necessarily downloading applications for your class you're doing everything online 
and you know with Chromebooks yes you can download and you know save like papers and things like that but primarily you're going to save all that stuff in Google Drive that way if something happens you know if the unfortunate happens like someone steals your Chromebook or you lose it or you destroy it you know by accident all of your work will be saved in uh, Google Drive and then you won't lose it you will always have that work all already automatically backed up and another awesome thing is as far as uh, logging into your Chromebook it's a matter of just putting in your Gmail username and password you know your your email account and then your password and it boots right up and that's another one of the big attractions to Chromebooks is there is just uh, <laughs> it, it takes less than a minute to, to boot it up you open it up you log in and you're on there's no waiting for it to start and then there's the update cycle now there will be Chrome OS updates as they come out and they usually come out you know they're an entire update there tends to not be little bitty incremental updates along the way it's usually from one version to a next so you can go from like Chrome OS 74 to 75. Now, sometimes, you know, there's always an exception to the rule. If they find something, there may be a small update in between, but usually, you know, it's, it's a big jump. Now I say that because I know we've all been through this where you go to power on your windows laptop and it says, please wait applying updates. And it could be update one of 1,200 and then you're stuck waiting. Or when you go to shut down for the day, Please do not turn off your computer, downloading and installing updates. That just, it just does not happen with a Chromebook. And that's, you know, another appealing factor. And then, like I said, as far as um, security goes, and the reason why a lot of education IT departments love these, because you really, there is no antivirus for these things. Because remember again, there's no real applications running on them unless of course you buy a Chromebook like a Pixel book where you go out to the Play Store and you can actually install and run Android apps or if you put uh, if you enable the Linux native Linux app support where you can install things like LibreOffice but you know for the most part primarily you're not going to run anything on a Chromebook that's going to hide malicious code like the things that happen with let's say windows desktop computers where you get virus infections or malware uh, if you're primarily focused all your work on the cloud on a chromebook you you just honestly you don't have to worry about that sort of thing because it, there, it just doesn't happen and then of course there's the battery life uh, there's been a lot of commercials running lately about the all-day battery life, and it is 100% true. Uh, for example, my Pixel Book, I can get two days, two to three days, sometimes more out of it, depending on how much work I'm doing on it. Um, and again, it's because of that whole lightweight factor of there's no spinning hard drive, there's no fans running that are sucking down the battery, and and again, there's no applic no processor-heavy applications running to suck that battery down because when you're primarily focusing all your work on the cloud you're literally just using a web browser so again like i said spring break is just around the corner it's next week for uh for my kiddos and i do know that uh, i've had a couple people ask me just recently you know i'm still thinking about getting a chromebook or getting my kid a chromebook i got a kid going off to college or I, I just recently had someone uh, bring me their little sister's laptop and she had dropped it and she asked, hey, can you fix this? 
Well, you know, when she dropped it, she actually broke the hinge to the lid and split the ribbon cable that helps display um, the actual screen. Sure, I could go through the trouble of finding all the parts, or I could tell her to take it to a uh, professional shop and have them do it. But the thing is, by the time they charge all that out, it's going to cost more than just going to buy a brand new Chromebook. And I suggested to her, you know, tell your sister she should look into a Chromebook. And again, she's a college student, you know, find out what kind of classes she's taking, because chances are she's not going to need a Windows desktop or Windows laptop anyway. And like I said, just remember, um, you're not going to be running, uh, downloading and installing the Windows applications that you were used to do, you know, used to using. I remember when the Chromebooks first launched, I had an, uh, an Acer was it a C710? And I remember, you know, going through the paces with it. And I'm like, you know, this is pretty cool. But then I remember, um, you know, I remember talking to people about how awesome the Chromebooks are. And I would hear people say, you know what? I went and I got one and I hated it and I ended up taking it back. And what I found out was a lot of people would go to electronics retailers and I'm not going to really say any names. And the problem was when Chromebooks first launched, even a lot of the salespeople at these stores, they really didn't understand what Chromebooks were. So a person would say to them, hey, I'm looking for a new laptop. What about this Chromebook? And they would literally basically tell them, yeah, that's a good laptop. It's just like a laptop. And of course, what did the people do? They buy it, they take it home, and they immediately start trying to download all of their Windows applications. Again, a Chromebook does not run Windows applications. What it does is you, you work pretty much through the Chrome browser all the time running cloud applications from Google or other, you know, there's other things you can use online. Uh, like if you have Box or Dropbox, you know, working with documents and things like that. But like I said, if you do get a Chromebook that supports uh, native, you know, running Linux apps on it, that's a plus as well, because then any a lot of those programs that you were used to using on Windows, chances are there's a comparable or sometimes even better application available in Linux. And it's just a matter of opening uh, basically the Linux software center and finding it. You can usually type them in by name or you can do a little bit of, you know, a little bit of research online and find things that uh, you're used to using in Windows. But what's a Linux version of it? And you can download it and put it on your Chromebook. And again, like I said, a lot of the Chromebooks, too, also are now supporting running Android apps so you can install games and whatnot if you want. All right, guys, this is going to be a pretty short episode. I just wanted to put this together uh, just to have it for those who have still who are still on the fence and have questions about Chromebooks. And I hope I uh, I hope I touched on a lot of your questions. I'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening to Voluntary Input. And remember, you can fi always find me online at leojallenjr.com. Select contact me and shoot me an email uh, if you have any more questions, comments, concerns, or show ideas. Again, thanks a lot. I'll see you in the next one. There are currently about 150 million orphans worldwide. The current recorded number of orphans living in foster care in the U.S. is about 400,000, with one-third of them being eligible for adoption. More than 20,000 of these children will age out of foster care, leaving them without any support 
and at a higher risk for health issues, homelessness, and lack of education. In my home state of Ohio, there are over 12,000 children in foster care, with over a thousand of them aging out annually. Please be sure to subscribe to Voluntary Input for the upcoming series, For the Least. Hear how ordinary people like you have made the choice to step out in faith to help these children in need. Learn about current challenges that are faced, as well as the tools and resources to overcome them, and how you can help. Learn how you can do your part to advocate for the least.